We don't use a lot of sports metaphors here at the Change Laboratory, but when I think of future-proofing, I think of an admittedly tired metaphor that Steve Jobs referenced. Skate to where the puck is going to be. Well, very few organizations were prepared for the pandemic, and even fewer had systems in place to deal with the constraints and disruptions that it created. There just weren't a lot of business leaders who thought the puck might end up in the complete global shutdown part of the ice. But that's where we are now. And it has a lot of employers not just coping with the fallout of the pandemic, but looking to get ahead of what might be next. I'm Kanan. I'm here with Kent. On this episode of the Stop Hating Mondays podcast, we're talking about some interesting ways companies can future-proof their people operations. This is a question we got the other day from uh, a COO of a small manufacturing company we've been working with. He asked, how do we stay ahead of the curve? Like a lot of companies, COVID really caught us off guard and made us aware of the need to do so. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with a big flex here because thinking of the pandemic, which you bring up, I like that. Like many companies didn't think the puck was going to be in global shutdown. Uh, but one of the many, many things we've all learned, especially companies from the pandemic, is how to operate remotely, completely remotely, yeah. largely remotely. And as we're all being bombarded with in the news, now companies are grappling with oh gosh, this percentage of people never want to come to the office. This percentage of the people always want to be in the office. This percentage of people want hybrid, but only if hybrid means they're out of the office on Fridays and it's creating all sorts of drama. It's super complicated. Yeah, and with the resurgences that we've seen with uh, COVID, it's allowed companies to sort of kick the can on a final decision. And behind the scenes, they're terrified and scrambling to figure out what their approach is going to be. So I'm going to say all of this virtual stuff that, you know, companies kind of want to get past to some degree they've learned, it was like 10 years ago, they learned that, that being completely remote was not a great thing because those water cooler moments as they're called could not be duplicated online. You know, the, to companies, they just didn't have the same validity. So to answer your question about uh, how we can stay ahead of the curve, I think was your exact, yeah. like how can we future-proof? I'm going to take a big flex and say getting comfortable with virtual. And I'm going to say, for example, virtual recruiting. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it is the absolute way of the future, not only because things like health scares, you know, they were saying are now going to be a part of our life, companies are responding by mostly taking a hybrid approach. So there's got to be a level of comfort with functioning virtually in general. But what there's very little talk about is the fact that our up and coming youngest generation in the workforce, Gen Z, they have entirely built relationships online. Mm -hmm. This is no awkward turn for them so when we're consulting with companies it's always interesting the water cooler thing often comes up and when you're working with baby boomers and uh 
some Gen Z, some millennials, there's some truth to that because people in those generations... You meant Gen X. Sorry, yeah. Yes, Gen X, millennials, and baby boomers. Yeah, baby boomers completely. Yeah. Gen X and millennials kind of in a hybrid way because although all those generations were trained in person, so to speak, Gen X and millennials had to learn to, you know, operate in both environments. But what we don't talk about is Gen Z is used to building complete relationships completely online. Yeah. There's no lack of trust. There's no need for a a ramping up. It is not the awkward thing for them that it is for people, as it is for people in the other generations. So, yeah, I'm going to say... Future-proofing is all about getting comfortable with what's coming. Maybe not in the next couple of years, but beyond that. Oh, and don't even get me started on the metaverse, how that ties directly into this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Kent, as you just pointed out, a lot of the how to be better prepared talk has centered on remote working. So much, though, that it's actually kind of sucking all the air out of the room. Yeah. But it doesn't really have a, like, this remote working conversation doesn't have a lot of impact on a huge amount of the workforce. The people in the frontline positions, the customer-facing positions, who, from an employment perspective, have really shouldered the greatest uh, part of this pandemic. So... What can a company do to be better prepared to serve the people in these kinds of business-critical frontline roles? Yeah, that's a great question because uh, as part of what I was just talking about, we know there's all these people, you know, there's this huge debate on when is Apple going to make people go back to the office and here in Seattle, Amazon and Microsoft, we're starting to hear an uproar from people who are thinking, who are saying, I don't have a choice. I have to be frontline. Not only that, in the most uh, progressive of cities, steps are being taken to really honor how difficult it is on so many levels to be in those frontline positions. This is nothing new. This was the case before the pandemic, and now it's taken a global pandemic for us to realize, uh, for much of the world to realize, just how important these roles are and how... uh, how they take a lot out of you, whether there's a pandemic or not. So companies really need to be paying attention to these roles. We know from our experience that the best companies foster growth. So in any kind of organization, whether entry level starts at customer facing uh, retail or phone customer service, ideally you want those people to be able to find a home within your organization. The benefits far outweigh the cost. Mm-hmm. So you need to make those roles even more enticing for people. So for starters, you can't mess around with pay. You really want to pay people in a way that they can live on. So basics, I think companies have a lot of room to grow in even these basics. What is going to keep somebody from jumping ship? And in terms of these, like you said, people that 
can't work remote, often because they're in some kind of internal or, or external customer facing role, then it tells you they're somebody that's very important and they should be treated that way. Sometimes the best thing you can do to be prepared for whatever may come is to let go of dead weight. Systems or ideas that are keeping you from being able to pivot and respond quickly. So is there something that we see a lot of companies out there doing that you think they should stop doing in the interest of increased agility? Yeah, I, ta I talked earlier about, you know, people want to feel good about where they worked. I said that in a prior episode yes. about social change. Same here, people, it's basically people want a sense of agency where they work. So get rid of bureaucratic systems and sign-offs and multiple layers of approval and really consider widening that band within which people can operate making decisions for the company, for the customer, for their co-workers that are the right decisions for everybody involved. And in the end, you've got a good decision and you've got an employee feeling like they have more agency, which is gonna make them feel better about their job.